Thanks, Gus. It's good to be with you all. Such a uh, special day for us. I was a little nervous uh, uh, with Gus being the MC. He took it easy on me. Uh, Larry was supposed to be the MC, but he got sick, so Gus had to step in. I got real nervous, but thank you, Gus. That was very kind. Much more godly than the last time you were the MC. <laughs> Man, it's good to see. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. What a what a, a beautiful uh, picture that I have up here. In fact, um, I want to take a picture. All right, so I'm up here, but I'm going to need everybody to scoot into the middle, and then if you're here, scoot to here. If you're here, scoot right here. Yeah, and uh, if you're in the chairs, if you're in the chairs, can you kind of just scoot in right there? Let's take this picture before we get into it. Come on, don't be, don't be shy. Oh my goodness gracious. Come on, Rizelle, get in that picture, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll Photoshop it. I mean, I mean, share it. All right, here we go. Oh my, I'm gonna take a panorama. This is awesome. All right, don't everybody move. Here we go. I'm, I'm scanning the room. You can talk. I mean, it ain't, a, it ain't a funeral. Bam. All right, we got it now. Wait a minute. Hold on. Stay where you're seating. Except if you're in the chairs. Now we've got more room for everybody. Nice job. Now we got some more room. So stay close. Stay close. We got more people coming in. You got to understand. New Life, New Life's got a significant percentage of people that are always just rolling in late. And today, today we started a half hour early. Uh, we were in the middle, West LA. You guys, are, some of you are happy. You got to sleep in a little bit. New Life's like, what's going on? And there's some folks, they're going to roll in at like 12 o'clock and be like, wait, we're done? What just happened today? Oh man, what, uh, what a great time to be together. The word that we have today comes from Acts chapter 2. Would you please stand to honor the reading of God's word? There we go. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Persia, Pamphylonia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for family. We thank you that you have gathered us together on this special day. 
And we just say, Lord Jesus, these words that have just been read, they are your words given to us with your spirit. So come, Lord God, and speak to us. God, you know every single person in this room. You know their story. You know what they are dealing with right now. And you know what they need to hear. Speak a word for each of us as individuals. Speak a word for our blood families. Speak a word for our churches. Speak a word for our city. Come. We need you to speak, Lord Jesus. We are listening. And we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may have a seat. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, what we are reading about right here, this is arguably the greatest day in human history. After the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is the day that we just read about. This is the day in human history when the spirit of the living God gets poured out onto common, broken, sinful person. Let me just say that again. Actually, if this, if this fits your description, raise your hand. Who here is a common, broken, sinful person? Oh, you're in trouble, baby. You're in trouble because now God has made a way for his spirit to be poured out into you before you do anything to fix your broken self. This is the day that we're reading about that the devil had loathed for his entire existence because from this day forward, the entire trajectory of human history changed from this day forward. And right now, on this day, on June 5th, this is the day that we celebrate the day of Pentecost, which is what we just read about. That was the first day of Pentecost in the Catholic Christian Church calendar. Today, 50 days after Easter, is when we celebrate what happened on that great day that we just read about. So let's mine some of the gold that is in this text of Scripture. It has been up to that point when the Spirit hits and everybody's talking in separate languages, it's been about 50 days since Jesus had rose from the dead, was killed and rose from the dead. So right after he rose from the dead, remember, he's, he's killed, three days later he rose, and then it says in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, just the chapter before we just read this, that during about the 40 days after he rose, he appeared to his apostles from time to time to prove to them in so many different ways that he was actually alive, and then he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Finally, on their last meeting with Jesus in his physical resurrected body form, there is this very insightful interaction in chapter 1, right before what we just read. The Jewish apostles asked Jesus, Okay, Lord, you're definitely alive. You definitely got a lot of power. So, Lord, is it time now to restore our nation to the empire of the world to kick everybody else's butt? Is it time? Jesus is so patient. He's like, no. Actually, the plan is to fill you with my spirit and send you to build family with all the people that you want to conquer. To send you with my spirit all over the world, starting in your city, now to the cities and states and nations around you all over the world to tell people and to show people that I am alive and all the good things that I uh, have done. 
The human heart instinctively wants it to be about me and mine. Can I get an amen? Build my life, God. Build just my family. Well, let's be honest. Build some of my family. Some people in my family, whatever. Build the people that I like in my family. Don't be, yeah, I know. People are like right there, uh-huh. Build just my people, God. And Jesus has to keep moving us to put our love and our energy on him and them. We want it to be me and mine. He wants it to be him and them. Restore the glory to the nation of Israel, Jesus. Jesus replies, no, we're actually going to restore the global family of God to me and each other. The instinct to preserve and promote me and us, man, it's been with us since the beginning of time. It's just in us as human beings. It's one of our core and deepest areas of brokenness. It's one of the deepest consequences of our rebellion. We have a hard time trusting God to go and cross into other people's worlds and to bless them. We don't think it's going to be good for us. We instinctively think, if I'm about them and God, well, who's going to take care of me? In the creation account, it started from the very beginning. God said, go all over the earth. But then after all that sin and rebellion, people just stayed and they built the Tower of Babel and they tried to build their own empire instead of spreading God's kingdom. God had to administer severe mercy and he brought different languages which forced people then to scatter and fill the earth. But we responded to those differences in language with a deep division and distrust of each other. So we compete for, uh, against each other instead of care for each other. We think the only way to ensure our happiness is to have the power to rule over each other. And that is pretty much the sum narrative of human history. Can I get an amen? amen. So thousands of years later, many, many thousands of years later, man, here we are again. Jesus, will you give power to me to rule? My family, my people to rule over them all. I just got a flashback of the old Lord of the Rings movie. Let me have the ring to rule over them all. Jesus says, no. He goes, no, 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 Los Angelinos. I'm sending you out to all people to be a witness to me. Our lives are to be centered on him and them. This is the deepest step of faith. The deepest step of faith is to trust Jesus that if I put the best energy of my life to Jesus and others, then I will get the best life. That's his promise. His promise is, no, you got it all wrong. You think that the way to your best life is to be about me and mine, compete against everybody else. But he's like, no, if you trust me, give your life to me and them, and then you will be the richest person in the world. Jesus is very clear in this call. You all can't do this without me. You can't step out of your self-survival, security, comfort mode without my spirit. Your spirit is all about you. My spirit's about them. So you have to come to me. That's why he's saying, make it about me first and then them. Because you got to go to me so that you get my spirit and you learn how to live in my spirit. I'm the one that will take you to them. Don't try to do this on your own effort. Wait for my spirit. So he's telling this to the originals, right? And so then they gather... And in Acts chapter 1, verse 14 to 15, it tells us that the first church, the very first Catholic Christian church in the history of humanity, it was about 120 men and women. 
120 men and women were united in prayer. They're gathering, waiting for this promise of the Spirit of Jesus that's going to help guide them to be about Him and them. And then on the day of Pentecost, it happened. What we just read about. As they're praying, suddenly there's this sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. It fills the place where they were. And what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Everyone is filled with the Spirit of God and they just start speaking in different languages. This is way better than Rosetta Stone. This is way better than the dual immersion program in LAUSD, which I love, by the way. My kids have benefited from that. Veto, we love the dual immersion program. But this is way easier, man. How about we just pray and then we can finally communicate. The noise is so loud just 120 people. you got to remember, Jerusalem is a massive ancient city. The noise is so loud that people from all over the city come running because it's a national yearly festival. So people were in the city from all over the known world. Every shade of person is in the city. They've traveled for this festival that would last for a long time. A crowd of people. From white faces to Asian faces to the different shades of brown faces to black faces, they're all gathered. They're no longer scattered. And they proclaim, what is happening in this group of 120? We're hearing the people who are Jewish in this new church speaking in all of our languages, proclaiming the wonderful things God has done. And as I have marveled many times... This is epic in the history of humanity. No longer do you have to be a special prophet or a special priest to have the Spirit of God. Common, broken, sinful people are now filled with the Spirit of God of all the ways God could have celebrated this. There could have been so many ways He could have celebrated the first day. He could have filled people with the Spirit of God and they could have started going to the market and just multiplying food and just giving people food. They could have gone out to the lake and played a game of soccer running on top of the lake. But what does God do? He chooses to celebrate this day by reversing the curse of Babel. By actually breaking through the language barrier that keeps all of us separated and beginning to form a movement of unity. He's saying, go! Cross all the boundaries in your city, in your nation, in this world, and I promise you, I will be there to help you cross the boundaries. Build unity in my spirit. The church grew from 120 people to 3,000 in one day. Over 3,000, actually. That 3,000 would go on to grow in many thousands more from city to city all over the known empire. Eventually, a church in the city of Antioch, looked around and said, this is crazy. We are white, different shades of brown, and we are black, and nobody in this ancient world would ever hang out together if we were this different. And here we are, we're all coming together. We've got to come up with a label to describe what this is. And they said, it is because of Jesus that we are now family, and so we will be called Christians. You know that every time you call yourself a Christian, that you are referring back to the legacy of unity that the first church pursued in the spirit of Jesus. Years later, in this, same, this united church, right, they ended up, it was so spread out that they 
coined the term, they use the term Catholic because Catholic just means universal. That we are not a church of one people, we are a church of all people coming together under the unity of Jesus. Can I get an amen for that? You see, Jesus created you uniquely. He created your unique ethnicity, and your family has a unique part of God's DNA. Have you ever thought about that? That some of, there's something in you and your family that carries a unique part of God's diverse DNA. It's why there is so much difference in this world, because God is so big, he can't just put himself in one people group or one person. But he, see, he created you not to sit in your uniqueness, but to share that with others and then to receive what they have of God. See, our life purpose is to go, I'm common, I'm broken, but the Lord says he forgives me and he loves me, and I have something to give to people who are not like me so that they see more of who God is. I'm going to tell people who are different than me the good things that God has done, and then I'm going to hear them tell me the good things God has done, and we're going to build a family around that. You were created for a much bigger purpose than just to do your own thing. You were created to be in this family, helping to write the story of Jesus. And when, when, when I think of this, I right away think of friends who are down in Mexico City, the Efe. And uh, it is a whole group of Mexican nationals working with a couple from Zimbabwe, a dude who's got Swedish, uh, he's from Europe, and spent some time in South Africa, an African-American member from Philadelphia. And they have formed together, and they are just telling people around the Mexico City all that God has done. They've even gone all the way down to Nicaragua. They have churches after churches that they have started uh, working that out. Because people always say, how are you all together? It's Jesus. When these ancient people converted to Christianity... When they turned away from the life that they were told they should live by their blood family and by the society they grew up in, when they turned away from that life, they chose to live into God's heart for their life. And this is what God's heart is. On the big level, this is the life that they chose to live in. They would unite with people who are very different around the worship of Jesus. They would unite with people who are very different around the mission to model and tell everyone about the goodness of Jesus. They centered their, the strength of their life on the regular filling up of the Spirit of God. They made a decision to say, God, the eternal God's Spirit is accessible to us. We will learn how to access that Spirit together regularly for strength, for guidance, for healing, for everything. We are no longer going to go to anything that this world has to offer because it all sucks. God actually, God's Spirit can live in us. It's like an Avenger movie, y'all, if we really sit and think about this. Except we're really broken and common. We just get to have the Spirit of God. And they centered their life that that would be the center of their life, just filling up with the Spirit of God. They committed to the Scriptures as the basis of their authority. And they helped each other grow in sacrificial love and generosity, especially for those who were the most marginalized and who were hurting the most in the cities that they were in. Think about this. We worship Jesus. We pursue the Spirit of God to live in our life together, right? We are about the Scriptures. We go to other people who are different to tell them about Jesus, and we care sacrificially for the folks in the most pain. Sign me up. 
Let that be what's on my tombstone at my funeral. Right? We all have our unique parts. We all have our unique jobs and, and families and children and, you know, or, or singles. Or, we all have unique parts. But if at the end of our life, at our funeral, people can say, that person worshiped Jesus. That person lived in the Spirit of God. That person lived in love and in harmony with people who are different than them. That person gave people Jesus, and that person was generous in helping people who are pain. That's a rich life. Bring that life to me and to us, and we will finally live in joy in what we were made for. Church family, there's a lot of different people in Los Angeles. Can I get an amen? amen. Woo, baby. Did you know that Los Angeles is population-wise, is the second largest Mexican city in the world. Obviously, y'all, come on now. But did you know that it's the second largest population? We can go down, Koreans, we can go, I mean, Jewish, I mean, everybody. The world is right here. There is so much difference. I remember as a young adult when I was finally had the courage to drive in L.A., you know what I'm saying? A little scary driving when you're a young person learning how to drive. And I remember driving around, and it just hit me. I I'm, I'm looked at a little strip mall, and there's one restaurant that says Chinese food, fried chicken, and donuts right next to tamales and tacos. I'm like, the whole world's here, baby. Some restaurants are just trying to... I mean, we are the center of the hybrid fusion food deal that has exploded in the world. Korean tacos started right here, y'all. You know what I'm saying? The L.A., the world is here. The world is here. This city is huge. And the bigness of this city makes us want to just focus on our survival. That is the instinct when you're in a huge city. When there is so much difference, there is just this, this assumption that I, I got to find people like me. I can only hang with people like me because they understand me because this is crazy, man. And so this is my comfort. Let me find my tribe, whatever, however you define your tribe, and that's just who we're rolling with in L.A. Forget everybody else. Right? What would happen if we started to pray, Jesus, help me to live my life about you and help me to go and connect with different people you've put around me in the way that would get me to tell them the great things that you have done in my life, in my family's life. What would happen if we unified around God's heart for our city and then for the cities that are around L.A. And we just kept going until he just sort of takes our family movement all the way to the different ends of the earth. Some people think that the only way that you, you can go into a city of L.A. with, with Jesus and really in, impact the whole city of a big city like L.A. with Jesus is to buy a bunch of big church buildings and just try to do these big church buildings. But if you haven't figured out by now, it's going to take a lot of cheddar to just buy one church building. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's really bad. It's just really bad right here. The first church did not go and buy buildings. They had no care for buildings. They had no money. There's, no, there's nothing they think they could buy. So you know what they did? They just went from area to area. And they just filled the, with the Spirit of God, and they just built friendships with people who are different, uh, prayed for them, loved them, were generous to them, and then told them it's all because of God coming near. He loves you and wants to come near. Do you want to know how to have a relationship with God where he will be your strength? He will not judge you for all that you have done. He loves you. 
He actually knows exactly the difficulties in your life, and he can actually help you out of them more than you can. And they would just gather the people that said yes to God. What could happen? I mean, for years now, different people in this room, have, when we're in times of prayer, we, we've gotten a vision, a picture, and it looks different, but it's kind of the same. It's basically all these little bonfires all over the larger L.A. area. All these little bonfires in the dark, and it just keeps coming up. We're not praying about it. We're praying about somebody else, and somebody's like, oh, there's this image that comes up with these different bonfires. Just this past week, I was praying with Pastor Dave. We were probably praying, I think we were praying uh, that our, we would be better fathers to our children. You know, that's usually what we start with. Help us, Lord Jesus, have patience on our children uh, and, and be a better father. And all of a sudden, we're just praying this, and I see this big bonfire in the dark, and Jesus just, in my mind's eye, and Jesus just walks up, and he starts taking a little fire from the bonfire's hand, just throwing it all over the place, long and far, and these little fires are, and it hit me again like, oh, and then the next morning, I, I sit down on Wednesday uh, to, to think about what are we going to say today, and I realize, oh yeah, it's the day of Pentecost, look at the scripture, and that's right, tongues of fire resting on every person. I was like, whoa, the Spirit of God is amongst us when we pray. So what, church, think about this. What could happen in the next five to ten years if all of us decided to center our lives around the pillars of the early church, centered on the Bible as our authority and guide, committed to growing in generosity and sacrificial love for the folks that are hurting the most in our city, and uniting together around the worship of Jesus and the mission of telling others about how good he is and the need for the Spirit of God to fill us up in that. If we focused on those pillars together, how many little fires could start throughout us all over the city? In five years, I mean, we could have 20 people gathering every week in Southgate. We could have another 20 in downtown LA. We could have another 20 out in the valley. I mean, you just go on, all parts of different LA. We could have that. Maybe some of those groups will turn into 60. Maybe some of those groups will be around 40 or 50. But here's the thing. We are learning as churches in L.A. how to do small church that is intimate, where people know each other, but be a part of a larger mission in our city. Have you guys figured that out? God is helping us figure this out. And we, we are, we're, we're figuring out like, oh, man, we don't have to have like one little group doesn't have to have everything. Because they can share with everybody else. So guess what? Maybe a group of 20 in South Grant can't run their own retreat. But we can invite them to everybody else's retreat once a year. Didn't we just do that a couple weeks ago, y'all? That was pretty dang good. We had three churches together for a retreat. You know what I'm saying? That was pretty fun. And discipleship school and leadership and teaching and strengthening. Mission trips. We all pulled off. We had like five churches in the area pull off our mobile vaccine clinics during COVID. There are things that we can do if we just let God lead us to start fires. He will give us the spirit to figure out how to strengthen the fires and bring them together. Now, we all know many people don't want Jesus. Even in this ancient context, many people just showed up and were like, they're just drunk. And you got to understand, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. In this ancient context, in this culture, that is total, that's bad when, when you're drunk at 9 o'clock. 
Okay, you are going to be socially isolated for a long time. You're going to show up parties and be like, don't hang out with that guy because he'll bring a bad reputation to our family. He's getting drunk at 9 o'clock. Dude can't stop drinking, right? I mean, there's women and, and men and women and that's, I mean, the whole thing. And they're just mocking these folks who are experiencing the Spirit of God in a historical moment, right? Is to the question, we're never going to be able to do this in a way where we're not going to have uh, people mocking us, misinterpreting us, misinterpreting Jesus, putting their issues of Jesus on us. The question we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus good enough to you that you're willing to endure the haters to get to the hungry? That's the question. It starts with us letting Jesus turn off our focus of ourselves onto him and others. So going to work every day is now, it's got a much bigger purpose than just to be an identity badge for you or just to pull in paycheck for your family's need. It now offers you many ways to learn how to focus on Jesus and learn how to focus on them at your workplace. It now gives you a bigger purpose to grow in your work skills so that you can contribute more to the larger work that God is doing to bring healing and, and, and right people to our city, to invite people to consider what it looks like to have a love for God that affects how you work. What will happen if you were to regularly ask Jesus when you're driving to work, Jesus, fill me up with your spirit today that I would work in your spirit in partnership with you. I challenge you all for the next week, every day, pray that prayer on the way to work, and then I want to hear your testimony at the end of the week. How many people that you're working with, going to school with, would one day be sitting here uh, worshiping with us? A couple months ago, I mean, and it happens just in normal ways of life. A couple months ago, uh, oh, I'm sorry, just two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I was over at West LA Church. And I, I, I go up to say hi to Alexi, and she's with somebody I don't know, and I meet her. Her name is Sylvia. find out it's her first time at church here. Um, I find out that she uh, immigrated here from Italy. And we're just having, like, it's just sort of, you know, I meet people at church. I say, oh, great. And how are you, how are you and Alexi friends? And how, how did you come, you know, know about this church? Sylvia just starts crying. I was like, whoa. It got, it got deep real fast. Right? I was just so, and I find out that she has really struggled as an immigrant from Italy in this city. And she met uh, Alexi through school. Their kids go to the same school. They met in a cohort over the online learning stuff. And uh, Alexi reached out to her and just loved her and then found out that she was struggling and then kind of talked to her about what she does when she's down. And started to talk to uh, Sylvia about how God helps her when she's down. And then one day, uh, Lexi just gave her some worship songs because she found out Sylvia had used to go uh, to Catholic church but had left it because she said, it's just, I don't understand it, it's too dry. And, 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 and so Lexi's like, hey, here's some, some music that really helps me that worships Jesus. It really gave Sylvia like life with God. And Lexi said, do you want to come to church? She goes, yes. Then Sylvia's telling me after her first service, she's like, I just need this in tears. I'm like, Whoa. A few months ago, I uh, walking up this aisle right here, and this uh, new woman uh, who I had met and her husband just once, talked superficially, um, and I found out that I, I, I go to say hi to her, and she just grabs me and just crying, I just need to pray. She had just started coming to church. She hadn't been in church in a long time. I couldn't believe how hungry she was and how desperate she was for God, and I find out that it was um, uh, her daughter, 
um, and Roselle's daughter were in cheer together. And they connected over cheer. And then her daughter and Roselle's son, Daryl, started dating. And so they really started talking, and Roselle just said, hey, one day they shared about some things. Come to my church. Boom. And there she is. And I think about these stories, and I think about how many people are in our lives who are desperate for help. How many people in our lives are believing wrong things about God, and we have no idea because we're not even sharing the good things God has done for us. We're never inviting them. What would happen if we did that? The first group of followers of the resurrected Jesus started with 120. Do you realize that we're about 120 right here? Probably a little bit more. And there's a lot of folks not here today. We have all that we need, church. We are all that we need in these two diverse communities of faith. Now, because we just need to worship Jesus. We need to receive his spirit. We need to be about them. We need to be about loving people, connecting with people. We need to go and represent him in the midst of so much difference in our city. So what I want to do is I want us to take some time to pray together. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up, and we're just going to, I'm going to have Maggie just play in the background. Worship team, as you come up, you can just be praying up here with us before we start into worship. We need the Spirit of God to do this. The, uh, what, I, what, I, what I think is so exciting is that next, next Sunday, people from uh, our church, uh, our two churches here, plus our uh, Hope Community Church in East L.A., we couldn't have all three churches gather here. We totally, we, we had no room. Uh, but we are, they have been in discipleship school all together. Folks from very, very different uh, stories of life. And they have been walking all year together. And they're going to go to the Dominican Republic. We're going to submit themselves to our, our Haitian and Dominican leaders over there to just serve with our Dominican and Haitian folks. Because we're serious about, Jesus says, fill up the spirit and go felt the spirit and go and we're trying to cross differences in LA and we're trying to cross differences around the world so what I want to do is I just want to start and I just want to pray for them they represent us they're literally stepping into this word today and so if you're in the D school class would you please stand up right where you're at could you stand up and can we just honor them clap it out for them a little bit as they stand yeah Sam is right here They, it is right, it is right to give them honor. They're not just going on a trip together. They have been together since January. They've done retreats together. They meet every week together. They've shared their stories with each other, their intimate struggles. They have chosen in the midst of all their differences to say, you know what? We probably don't have the same hobbies. We probably don't have the same family stories. We probably have different family drama, but we love Jesus. And so because we love Jesus, we can be family. And they've done that together. And now they're going to take that unity and they're going to go to the Dominican Republic and join the unity. Do you know our, our church in the Dominican Republic is the only church that we know of, that they know of, that has both Dominicans and Haitians together in family. There's a massive divide between Dominicans and Haitians. And that's why we just submit to them. They're, they're one step ahead of us in filling this out. This, these are our folks. They've been raising funds to be able to go next week, and they're just $4,000 short. So if you feel led to just help them just get to the finish line, you can 
ask them how to give. You can go online and give. They need those funds, but they need desperately the spirit of Jesus. And so if you're close to them, would you just get up and put a hand on their shoulder? We're going to just start to pray for them. Uh, They are literally going to go and unite with our Dominican Haitian brothers and sisters, and they are going to go and pray for folks and serve and love folks who are in great pain. So go ahead and just start to pray for them where you're at. Some of you uh, uh, feel courageous, pray out loud so they can hear. They can hear your words. Some of you are not, just pray with your heart from in your heart. in their shoes they have insecurities they have anxieties and nervousness they are common broken people they want to live by the spirit of Jesus pray the spirit of Jesus to overcome those insecurities and anxieties they are very different people pray that they would as they live together for two weeks that they would have unity, that they would have a lot of grace and patience with each other. Come, Lord Jesus. school team, I'm just overwhelmed right now with some emotion. I just realized, man, people today will not choose to just, they just won't choose to be deep friends with people who are different. Man, it's got to be the same hobbies, the same story, and you guys have done it. Man, I think there's just something Jesus wants to honor you today, that you have walked with each other, that you've put each other's lives in each other's hands, that you are family, even in the midst of such differences. You show us a picture of the family of God. You hold on to your uniqueness, but you are willing to receive that uniqueness from others. Thank you, Jesus, for their lives. Thank you, Jesus, that we can see clearly your Bible being lived out. That there is hope in this world that is so divided and so angry and so critical and so competitive. That there is hope and it's being lived out through their lives in these ways that the world doesn't see. Lord Jesus, this team will not be on the news. They will not get a bunch of... But your kingdom is rejoicing right now. There are angels in your kingdom that are throwing a party because they are living in your heart in the midst of a corrupted world. Jesus, fill them with honor. Let them receive it and they would go and know that they represent 
what you are doing in L.A. and not what the devil is doing in L.A. Lord Jesus, let them be secure in their own story, in what they bring from their family to this place. Let them be secure that you have made them unique for this time, that when they stand in that place in Dominican Republic and they join hands with Dominican and Haitians, that they belong there. Give them security and confidence that you will back them up with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for them. Thank you, Jesus, for their lives. God, would you protect them this week? Would you not let any of them get sick? Bring them all healthy right onto that plane into the DR, and would you just rock their world with your spirit? God, pour out your spirit on their life. God, we pray that they would have the privilege and the honor to see sick people heal when they pray, just like those in the Bible did. We, we pray that you would give them clarity to hear your words and that you would just speak words right into people's lives that would set them free and give them guidance. That they would see people just come to faith in you. And then, God, we pray that they would just receive all that the Dominican and Haitian church is, is ready to give them. That they would just submit to all the goodness and all the greatness of your kingdom that is already in that church. That they would bring it back for us to receive. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love our brothers and sisters. They are our family. Transform their lives. We pray this all in your name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen, amen. I want us to continue to pray right now. Right now, Quinn and Shirley from our West LA church is in Warsaw, Poland, because there's a whole grip of children from Ukraine that are all just refugees in Poland that everybody's just trying to take care of. This war over there is destroying families. And Quentin and Shirley, without much process, just said, we'll go. When the call came out, we need help. I said, we'll go. And then, that's Quentin Shirley on the left. West L.A. knows him, but for New Life, if you haven't met him, Quentin is one of the elders at West L.A. Shirley's the children's director. And then on the right are two. I think that woman in the middle, they just met on the day at the airport. She's from our church in Pasadena. They didn't even know each other. But these four just said, we'll go. And even though we're different, we got different families, we know Jesus, we love Jesus, and we want to be about these kids in Poland. Let's go. And they're already there. Man, that's awesome. So come on, let's pray for them right now. They're literally just doing work right now. Just right there, whatever God puts on your heart, just pray for them. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus for Quinn and Shirley. Lord Jesus, uh, we just pray that you would, uh, and, and for Maxine, I believe Nicole is the fourth woman, that you would just fill them with your spirit. 
that they would know that you are with them, that you would back them up, that you would protect them, that you would put them to the right people, that you would give them supernatural energy to love a whole bunch of kids, that they would be connected to the right folks, that they would just, just bring what you want them to bring. And Lord Jesus, I pray that they would receive whatever you've got for, uh, for them from the people that are there. God, just be with them in this place that is just full of crisis right now, that is just full of chaos. Would you just bring beauty and order and healing through their lives right now? And Lord Jesus, we just pray for Yom and Catherine and their children who are right here. This is incredible people who just let their spouses go. We just honor them, Lord Jesus. They have as much faith as, as their spouses to say, we'll take the kids and we'll let you go into a place of crisis. Would you just strengthen Yom and Catherine, strengthen them in this time, just give them all that they need, give them peace to know that their spouses are in your care. Take care of their children this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we can be family that we can be encouraged by folks that will just drop things and go, that will say yes to you, that have put their lives in your hands to say, we'll be about you and them. God, let it rub off on all of us, common, broken people. We love you, Jesus. And now I just want us to take some time to pray for our great city. We need to pray. And so how we're going to do this is I want to get it going a little bit. I'm going to give you quick points to pray for, and we're just going to pray it, and then we're going to lead us right into worship. And then we're going to worship over our city and worship over our families and our workplaces. We're going to pray. And so what I want to ask you to do to kind of lock in is I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you to stand. We're going to go right into it. And just like Sam led us in the, in the, in the morning, I mean before, I want you to try to just talk with uh, out loud, a soft voice if you have to. I'm going to give you a prayer point. And if you lock into one thing to pray for, just say that line over and over again. God says, just pound at my door. Just keep calling me to work. And so don't get too caught up in thinking about all these creative prayers. I'm going to give you a subject to pray for. And then you just one line and just say it over and over again. And just pray it with your heart. And let God hear you in common language, in your language. How you speak, that's how you speak to Jesus. He doesn't want no fancy stuff. He wants your heart. Pray with your heart for your family. So right now, let's pray for all our brothers and sisters in the city who do not have papers, our undocumented brothers and sisters. What is on your heart to pray for them? Pray for it right now. Go. Lord Jesus, we put our undocumented brothers and sisters in your hands. We say, you see them. Let them know that you see them. Provide for their every need. Provide for their every need for their food today and their housing for their families. Provide for their families who are back home in their home country. And then, Lord Jesus, break the grip of all this systemic garbage that is keeping them from being able 
to live safely in this country. Do it, Lord Jesus. Let's pray for those who are living on the streets. Pray for the homeless. What comes to your mind? Pray for them right now. so close to our brothers and sisters on the street, they would know that they are with you. Provide all that they need for health and wholeness, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would change our hearts, that we would see you with them, that we would in, uh, develop relationships with them, that we would receive from them. They would know that they have dignity and worth by the way the Christians treat them in this city. Come, Lord Jesus. I want to pray right now with all the crazy inflation and housing costs, there's so much financial strain on families. There is more stress than there's ever been before of paying the bills, and it's causing problems in families, and it's causing physical health breakdown. Let us pray. Whatever is on your heart about this issue, put it in God's hands right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, and you are our provider. Lord Jesus, would you come and bring the provision that our families need? Would you come and just bring a wave of generosity into the city that would combat all of this stress, Lord Jesus? From systems to individuals, would you just bring a right order into this city that people would be able to live secure and not stressed out? We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would not allow the financial tightness to ruin families, that you would protect families in this time, that you would turn families' hearts to be a team, to work together and not uh, tear each other apart. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring people's hearts to you, that you would be their great provider, God, that we would hear testimony and story after story of your provision. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. There is just a growing loneliness and depression and suicidal ideation in our city. So many reasons, but pray, pray right now, whatever's on your heart for just that spirit, that, that problem, that issue of loneliness and depression and suicidal ideation. Pray into that, the spirit of living God. Come on, let's pray. Endure in prayer. Be strong in prayer, church.
Come, Lord Jesus. Come and rescue us, Lord Jesus. Rescue our city. Bring healing. Bring relationships. For those who feel isolated and alone, bring friendships, Lord Jesus. Bring bring deep relationships, Lord Jesus. Mend broken relationships. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring a wave of joy and hope. God, do it through us. Open up our eyes to see people around us. Give us courage to step into that place, to offer kindness and generosity, to offer the prayer for your spirit to come. Come, Lord Jesus, and just turn the tide. Do not let our city get um, destroyed any longer by this issue. Come, Lord Jesus, and heal. And finally, church, let's pray just for the growing hardness to God. Just for uh, the folks that have just turned their back on God, it is destroying our city. That there would be an openness for God and an openness to Jesus, a humility. That we would not worship ourselves as God. That we would uh, that we would be able to see rightly that we are creatures that need God, that He's loving and good. That we would say yes to His love. Pray, pray for family that do not know Jesus, that have turned their hearts to God. Pray for friends. Pray for whoever comes. Pray for our city that they would know the love of Jesus. Lord Jesus, oh, would you just break all of the superstition about you, all the misinformation about you. Lord Jesus, would you help people see your goodness, your forgiveness, and your love, and your power? Would you break the self-idolatry and the pride? Lord Jesus, come and open up hearts to you, Lord Jesus. As we worship you, Lord God, would you fill our hearts with praise? Would you help us to get off of ourselves into your goodness? Would you put people on our hearts as we worship? Would we be filled up with your spirit? You are our life, Jesus. You're the center of all that's good. God, let it come through us that others would know. Come, Lord Jesus. As we sing, church, I encourage you especially our leadership teams, that if you have a word for somebody, go and pray. Let's minister the Spirit of God to each other. Let's be a family today. Let's be a family centered on the love of Jesus. Let's worship together.